10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into the Treehouse Liberty Podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwalt. Thank you so much for being here again. And can I be the first one to say glory and hallelujah? Um, Inspector General John Durham's investigation has become a criminal investigation, which is absolutely awesome. I have been calling for this from the very beginning. We know that Hillary Clinton bought and paid for the phony Russian dossier. We know that James Comey and Andrew McCabe took it to the FISA court saying that they had confirmed that everything in it was true when they hadn't done that because Christopher Steele, who was the author of the dossier, doesn't even stand behind the dossier. It's just awesome. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see these dominoes begin to fall from the top. Um, We also know, of course, I mean, if you know anything about Washington at all, you know that there was never a presidential campaign spied upon by the federal government without the knowledge of the president of the United States at the time. Hmm, Barack Obama. Looks like he might not get to spend as much time at that $15 million mansion up there in uh, uh, Massachusetts as he thought he might. Of course, I still don't understand why he bought right on the shoreline when, of course, the polar ice caps are melting and everything's going to be underwater in two years. I just, I cannot express my excitement enough about this. I feel like the president and everybody supports him has been persecuted from the beginning of this. We've put up with this bull crap for three years. And finally, finally, the the shoe's about to drop. And I can't wait to see it happen. I trust Attorney General Barr. I trust John Durham, who by all accounts is an absolute freaking pit bull. Um, which is what's needed in this case. I mean, these these two gentlemen are largely responsible for saving our republic at this point. And I know that sounds overly dramatic, but it's not. You know, when you look at the way this impeachment inquiry is being conducted, it is completely out of line with everything that is uh, mandated in the Constitution as far as how we impeach a president. And I'll get into that a little bit later in the show uh, in some more detail. But Guys, sit back, relax, kick your feet up on the table. Like I always say, you don't even have to take your shoes off here in the treehouse. Honored to have you here, and let's get to it. All right, guys, we're going to continue this episode of the Treehouse of Liberty with a listener question. And tonight's question, or today's question, wherever you might be, comes to me from Mr. Nate Farster. Nate's a good friend of mine, lives in Butler, Pennsylvania, and we were kind of introduced to each other um, because we're both huge Pittsburgh Pirates fans, um, and, and Nate is a great fan of all of his teams. Um, he and I are fans of teams that are mortal enemies when it comes to ice hockey. I'm a huge fan of the Capitals, and he's a fantastic Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Just to give you an idea of who Nate is, in 2018, um, the year the Caps won their only Stanley Cup, um, there was a game in Pittsburgh between the Caps and Pens on Easter Sunday. And Nate wasn't able to go. And he messaged me on Facebook. Now, this is like, 
you know, a Lakers fan messaging a Celtics fan. This is like a, a Cowboys fan messaging a Redskins fan. Think of the biggest rivalry you can, and that's what this is like. And Nate messaged me and asked if I would like to go to the game. And he mailed my girlfriend and I two tickets. And we were in attendance when the uh, Caps actually clinched the division in their barn. And I, I did let him know about that very nicely afterwards because it was so kind of him to to give us the tickets. But that's kind of who Nate is. I mean, he's he's just generous and genuine and one of those people that I really admire, just the way he lives his life, um, the way he maintains our friendship. He's one of those guys that is absolutely fantastic at giving constructive criticism. Um as I told him this afternoon, I don't go looking for compliments. I don't like people telling me that I'm doing something well, as strange as that may sound. Um, it kind of embarrasses me, and I, I feel like it's not always completely accurate. Um, Nate will tell me about the things that he likes about the show. He'll tell me about some things that uh, he thinks can be changed. And like I said, he's always constructive about it. And that's the, that's the kind of stuff that I really appreciate. You know, somebody knows me well enough you know, and isn't afraid to say, hey, you know, I like what you're doing, but maybe change this, or here's an idea. And um, I've been able to incorporate a lot of those things, and he deserves a lot of credit for the show that you guys hear today. So, Nate, Nate, thank you very much for that. I do appreciate it. Nate's question is, if you could meet any athlete, living or dead, who would it be and why? And I thought about this, you know, it might seem on the surface to you guys that this is kind of a a cliche type of question, you know, if you could have lunch with anybody living or dead, blah, blah, blah. You know, we've all heard those, but it, it takes on kind of a different meaning for Nate and I, because like I said, we, we do share a lot in common with the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, I mean, it's like we're both fans, we both look up to, I would guess, probably the same people, your Roberto Clemente, your Honus Wagner, you know, uh, your Andy Vance, like, you know, there's guys that have played the game the right way and, and been people of good character as well and you know then on the other hand um <laughs> at least on the ice i despise the penguins um i'm sure he has absolutely no love lost for the capitals even though we realize that you know the the guys on both of these teams are actually pretty good people and you know we we root for that off the ice um when i started thinking about this i was kind of overwhelmed by the number of choices there are out there I mean, you look at the greats of different sports, be it Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Dale Earnhardt, Sammy Ball, you know, I mean, guys that just totally revolutionized their sport. Um, I mentioned Roberto Clemente a little bit, you know, I mean, absolutely legendary for his humanitarian work and just being one of those people that, you know, we all aspire to be and fall short of. Um, I consider Jackie Robinson. Obviously, I don't have to tell you uh, his story. Not only did he change the entire fabric of the game of baseball, he went a long way towards changing the fabric of our society. Um, you know, and if you don't hold Jackie on a pedestal, you're, you're flat out wrong. That's all there is to it. And another one of those guys is Josh Gibson. You know, um, he's considered by a lot of baseball historians to quite possibly be the best catcher in the history of the game. Um, and, and he probably is the best power hitter in the history of the game. You know, truly amazing player who unfortunately, you know, didn't get the limelight he deserved while he was alive because he played in the Negro Leagues. I'm going to go a little bit more selfish route with my answers to this question. As I told you, I'm a huge Washington Capitals fan. Um, 
And you're probably thinking I'll make the easy choice, go with Alexander Ovechkin. Um, Ovechkin may be the best player of his generation. At the absolute worst, he's number two. Um, he and Sidney Crosby, uh, the great Penguin center, are one and two. You know, and that's, <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only way you can look at it. Whichever order you put those guys in probably has to do with where you were born. Um, but two absolute legends of the game. Um, but I'm going to go with a different guy. Um, you know, somebody who doesn't get quite the limelight that Ovechkin does, still a superstar player. And I think a superstar kind of guy, and that's TJ Oshie. Um, first of all, I, I just think that Oshie seems like the kind of guy who would be fun to be around. I'll never forget the images of him um, when they had the parade in D.C. after they won the Cup in 2018, pulling his jersey up over his head and drinking a beer through the jersey. You know, I mean, it's like, he doesn't feel like he has to be prim and proper in his celebration. He's like, damn it, I finally got this done. I'm going to do it my way. And he did. And, I mean, it was just the most entertaining thing that you've ever seen. I mean, he was like a little kid. Um, nobody appreciated having won a cup more than Oshie did, even though he started his career in St. Louis. Um, he very quickly became a, an integral cog. Integral cog. Wow. Why would I even attempt to say that? He was an important piece um, of the, the Capitals championship team and, you know, just one of those guys that's a, a true leader and quietly um, encourages everybody to give everything that they have as well. Um, I would love to hear TJ explain what it's like to have your name on what is, in my opinion, the greatest trophy in sports, the Stanley Cup. Um, hockey is one of those rare sports um, that – if you don't win the championship the following year, they come and take your trophy away. Um, I've often said that hockey is the only sport where you're a defending champion. You know, if you win a Super Bowl one year and you don't win the next, they don't come take your trophy away from you. You get to keep it. In hockey, you don't win. The guy with white gloves comes and he takes the cup away from you. Um, Oshie, of course, for those of you that know anything about hockey at all, has one of the most important goals in USA hockey history. Um, in 2014, he he fired a uh, a shootout goal that beat the Russians um, after overtime, as a matter of fact, in a shootout. Um, that, aside from Herb Brooks' Miracle on Ice team, it was probably the second biggest victory uh, in terms of USA hockey. But my favorite thing, my favorite moment uh, with TJ Oshie was watching him celebrate the Stanley Cup victory on the ice with his father. Um, his dad actually suffers from early onset Alzheimer's, um, but you could tell just by the expression on his face that he understood what was going on and he understood that his boy just won a Stanley Cup. Um, it was just a, it was a beautiful moment. I admire the hell out of TJ for not crying when that happened. I mean, I think I had tears in my eyes when I saw that and the, the announcers telling the story. Um, but he, like I said, he just seems to be, you know, not only a great hockey player, but he seems like a genuinely good guy. You know, somebody that really enjoys life, appreciates the little things, knows what matters. And ultimately, it's not sports. It's, it's family and, you know, um, those things that just transcend sports. And certainly when you have a, a parent that's struggling with an illness like that, for them to be able to enjoy it with you while they still have the cognitive ability to understand what's happening. I mean, it was just, 
you know. I mean, tell me there's no God. Um, TJ's Olympic jersey hangs on my bedroom wall, and it's there, as I said, not only because he's a great player, but because he seems like somebody that's just a great human being. Um, I hope maybe that someday I'll be fortunate enough to actually meet him. Um, maybe I'll wear his jersey when I do, and who knows, you know, if we feel up to it, I might just drink a beer through his jersey. Um, but yeah, that's who I go with, TJ Yoshi. Um, I just think he would be one of those people that would be super cool to meet. Nate, you're on that list too, buddy. I mean, I know our friendship's been mostly electronic uh, up until now, but we've definitely got to make that change. Um, but thank you very much for the question, my friend. Um, my answer was probably a little underhanded considering the rivalry between our teams. Uh, but I look forward to them slugging it out again. And thank you for all of your support. And thank you always for supporting the Treehouse of Liberty, my friend. I appreciate you very much. All right, guys, we're going to do another Hall of Heroes induction this week. And this has really gotten to be one of my favorite parts of the show. You know, it's one of those that's always positive, um, and it doesn't get bogged down in the, the politics that are going on at any given time. And this week's inductee, uh, just like the first two, Thomas Jefferson and my grandfather, um, this one's very important to me and I think uh, very important to all of us. It is not any one specific person, but this week it is going to be the American woman. And from the time that Betsy Ross sewed the first American flag, I think that women have been absolutely critical to the success of our country and our society. Um, and I don't want you guys to think that I'm not going to be inducting individual women, because I definitely will. I just think in general, um, our women need to be recognized for all of the different roles that they play and all of the different hats that they wear. Because I don't know about you guys, the, the, the males out there, but what I see our women do, I'm not capable of. I don't know if you are or not, but if you are, God bless you, because I certainly am not. Um, but when I think about the American woman, I think of, obviously, beauty and grace. And certainly we do have the most physically attractive women on earth. I mean, there's no better um, example of human perfection than the American woman. But I think over and above that physically... Um, I think of the guts, the strength, um, and being the framework of what basically holds our society and our homes together. Um, I think we all have that woman that loves and nurtures us, and if we're fortunate, we have more than one. Um, and usually that's the same woman that will kick you squarely in the ass when you need it and when you deserve it. Um, over the course of my life, I've had a number of those um, but I've been fortunate enough to finally find the love of my life, and I tell you, she is the absolute best at this. Um, even though we've only been together a couple of years, she's really helped me become a better man than I have ever been before. Um, and I really think she's pushed me harder and further uh, than any of those women combined. And I tell you, it, it hasn't always been easy, and I haven't always thanked her for it. Um, you know, and sometimes I've come back at her pretty hard, but... You know, in general, she has really pushed me in that direction that my life needed to go. She's made me a better person. She's made me a better employee. She's made me a better boyfriend. She's made me better, better, better. I don't care what you want to talk about. Go on down the list, and, and she's helped me get better at it. Um, and I, I know I'm not alone. I think that, you know, every man and every woman listening to this, for that matter, 
um, has had that woman that has helped to guide him and cherish him and nurture him and push him um, when it's needed. And, and guys need that sometimes. I know I'm speaking very generally, but, you know, sometimes we need that kick in the butt to, to get us on the right track and to get us where we need to be. It's kind of a cliche that, actually it's not kind of a cliche, it is a total cliche, um, that behind every good man is a good woman. And I think we would do very well in our lives, guys, uh, to recognize and honor that. But that's just one of the reasons that I chose to honor the American woman this week. Um, our women obviously have done far more than, quote-unquote, just keep our homes and our lives running smoothly. Whether they get the credit or not, as they should, American women have always been just as quick to step up to the task when duty called, as have American men. Um, whether it was in support roles during the Revolution and Civil War, keeping our factories running, or serving in the Women's Army Corps during World War II, or standing shoulder to shoulder with their male counterparts defending us today, women have always risen to our most difficult challenges. And for that and so many other things, they have my highest respect. I've hesitated to mention specific women because I said I will be inducting specific women later. But I think as a whole, American women are just different than any other. Um, and accounting even for my heavy bias, I would say they're better. And so that's why for their steadfastness at home and abroad, for their unrivaled determination and strength, for being the engine that truly makes this country go, and for doing it all with beauty, grace, and honor, the American woman is hereby inducted into the Treehouse of Liberty Hall of Heroes. Thank you, ladies. Uh, here's a fun story for you guys. Uh, Congresswoman Katie Hill, a Democrat from California, taught me a new word this week, and that word is thruple. Um, apparently, a thruple is when three consenting adults are involved in a romantic relationship. Brand new to me. I mean, I guess I'm more conservative than I thought I was. I mean, I, I thought I was moving towards being a social liberal, but apparently not, you know, if I don't know all these fun new words. Um, but photos surfaced this week showing Congresswoman Hill naked and combing the hair of a female staffer. Um, the staffer was the third person involved in the thruple with Hill and her husband. And, you know, I mean, I don't really care what consenting adults do. You know, even if they're elected officials, you know, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. If they're good at their job, you know, and they're doing what they're supposed to do and, and in their professional lives, they're executing their jobs with honor and, and doing them the way they're supposed to. You know what? Your bedroom is none of my business. You know, you go do your thing. I don't care. What I do have a problem with is how these stories are treated. How many Republican congressmen and senators and governors and God knows what else have we seen have to resign over a story like this? Um, and Democrats just aren't treated the same way. You know, like I said, I mean, I'm all for staying out of people's bedrooms. But when we have these stories, the letter that follows your last name shouldn't dictate how the story is reported. And even above and beyond that, I, I better not hear a single Democrat complain about anyone, anyone having sex with a subordinate. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Trump in the Oval Office. I don't care if it's Mitch McConnell. Wow. 
Who would ever want to have sex with Mitch McConnell? <laughs> but you get my point. You know, Democrats apparently have no issue um, with people in positions of power having sex with their subordinates. Um, again, we saw it with Clinton. We're seeing it now with Congresswoman Hill. And to that end, I think Democrats should really just shut the hell up about people abusing power. You know, I mean, it, having a sexual relationship with a subordinate, especially when you hold a high position of power, if you're the president of the United States, if you're a senator, if you're a congressman, if you're the governor, those people carry with them a certain level of intimidation, especially to low-level staffers. Um, and those staffers, you know, could feel like they have to do what they have to do to keep their job, which if that is going on, you know, it's absolutely disgusting. I'm sure it is somewhere. I don't want to know about it, to be perfectly honest with you. And to make it clear, that's not what Congresswoman Hill did, as far as I can see. It seems like her staffer chose to be in the thruple. Um you know, and, and whatever. If she's an adult, which she is, I think she's 24 now. She was 22 when this started. If she's an adult, she can make her own choices. But I think it's a dangerous slope to be okay with people in these positions of power having these relationships with subordinates. You know, I mean, it's like we don't know if those people are actually doing what they're doing of their own free will or because they feel like they have to. And if they feel like they have to, then, you know, I mean, that's, that's the ultimate nightmare. Um, but I should probably be completely honest myself, um, full disclosure, um, after working a 12 hour shift at my real job today and doing that on three hours of sleep after getting off eight hours before this, I am going to be in a throuple tonight too, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and my partners will be my bed and my pillow. So honey, you don't have to worry. It's not another woman, it's certainly not another guy, but yeah, pillow and blankie. I have just about had my fill of Adam Schiff, who is the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, and the way he is conducting this impeachment inquiry, it is absolutely ridiculous. This guy has become kind of a personal nemesis of mine. I've tried to contact him every way humanly possible, um, be it on Twitter, be it through his congressional website. I actually wrote to him. I called his office. And I don't know if he's not getting the messages or if he's so overwhelmed by the messages or he's just a complete chicken shit, to be perfectly honest with you. But, of course, he's not going to answer. Um, but the way he's conducting this inquiry is just absolutely wrong on every conceivable level. Um, and I'm a person who twice I've taken an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And at this point, I consider Adam Schiff to be a domestic enemy. The Constitution lays out the process for impeachment. The president is impeached by the House, and impeachment is just, it's basically like a grand jury proceeding. All the House does with impeachment is say, yes, there's enough evidence to try the president on whatever the accusation is. The president then gets a public trial in the Senate, and both sides get to present evidence, and the hearing is public, and it's in front of the entire Senate. Now, our founders didn't expect that we'd be able to watch it on TV, but if there is a Senate trial, 
we'll be able to watch that now, or we should. And if it wasn't for the way Democrats were conducting this investigation, we would be able to watch everything that's going on right now. There's no sensitive information being discussed in this inquiry. There's nothing that, if the American people know it, it's a danger to the country or to our society or to anything else. Schiff's holding these closed-door hearings in this skiff, which is, uh, what is it, Secure Compartmentalized Information Facility. And that probably sounds like some James Bond stuff, and that's basically because it is. Um, it's essentially a bunker in the basement of the Capitol building um, where they've made sure that there's no electronic bugs in there. They've made sure there's no recording devices. They've made sure there are no cell phones. It's completely secure. It's soundproof even. And it, this is just the wrong way to conduct this investigation. You know, if, if Democrats truly do have evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors committed by the president, put it out in the open. Let the American people make the decision. Let the American voters see what kind of evidence you have and what you don't. I mean, we're supposed to believe Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is the guy who said flat out, I have seen definite evidence of collusion with Russia. He said he saw it. He has yet to present that, mainly because it doesn't exist. And I get so worked up about this stuff because, like I said, you know, I took that oath twice. If my country needed me to die to protect it from foreign or domestic enemies, I was willing to do that. Of course, I prayed it wouldn't come to that, and thankfully it didn't. But I made that choice, and I took that oath, and that oath for me doesn't expire. I'm not in the military anymore. I don't want to be anymore. I'm too old. But that oath for me doesn't go away. There is no expiration date on that. And like I said, it just amazes me that we're asked to believe a man who said he had seen clear evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. We're supposed to believe that he's going to go into this secure closet that nobody can hear what's going on in there. There can't be any cell phones. There can't be any electronic communication. We're just supposed to take this guy who flat out lied to the American people saying he had seen evidence of collusion and take him at his word? Are you kidding me? Adam Schiff was the guy that was tricked by a pair of Russian comedians into thinking that he was colluding with Russian operatives to get damaging information on Trump. We know who this guy is. Adam Schiff is a traitor. Flat out. And he's committing treason on a daily basis by going into this closet, making stuff up, and coming out and trying to tell us what the hell he thinks went on in there. I don't care what he tells me about what goes on in there. He's lost all credibility with me. And if you're a halfway perceptive person, he should have lost all credibility with you too. And it just disgusts me. Here's a guy who is clearly circumventing the constitutional process for impeachment. Domestic enemy of the Constitution. And I'm supposed to believe him? I don't think so, Slappy. I don't think so. Now, on the total other end of the spectrum, 
I am extremely proud of the congressional Republicans that interrupted the meeting that he, Schiff had in his little skiff this week. I am extremely proud of them. And the media's painted them as the enemy. The media's painted them as, oh, they know Trump's guilty, so they're trying to cover for him. It's not what's happening at all. Those congressional Republicans understand how the constitutional process for impeachment works. And you know what? I don't think any one of them would have trouble if there was an impeachment. As long as it's done the right way. As long as it's done according to our Constitution. Anything less is a travesty and a disgrace. And I'm so glad that those guys went in there and they broke up that hearing. And what did Schiff do when they got in there? He didn't continue the hearing. He didn't even stay in the freaking room. He picked up everything that was sitting in front of him and he ran out with his tail between his legs like a little baby. And that's what Adam Schiff does when he's confronted with the truth. If he won't even talk to me, I know for damn sure he's not going to talk to a single congressional Republican. I mean, it just it makes me so sad to see what is happening to this country in this day and age. And people don't freaking realize it. We have a constitutional process for this. We have a document that's 240 years old that prescribes how we're supposed to do these things. It's the supreme law of the land. And it has to be honored as such. And if it's not, we've got to get rid of the people that won't do that. If you circumvent the Constitution, you have no business serving in any capacity. Whether you be the President of the United States or in a small town school board. If you don't protect and defend the Constitution of the United States the way your oath requires, you don't deserve to serve anywhere. I don't know. You know, if you like doing this top secret, you know, we're going to have a coup against the president kind of thing, Vladimir Putin might be able to use you. Well, actually, that's probably not fair. Vladimir Putin was going to get rid of somebody he'd probably have some small shred of evidence. And so that's going to do it for another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I'm your host, Jason Fornwalt. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Please, guys, if you get the opportunity to contact the show, you can do that on Twitter. It's Treehouse of Liberty podcast. Treehouse of Liberty podcast. We are at Treehouse1776. At Treehouse1776. You can also send me an email. My email address is jdfornwalt at gmail.com. My last name is F as in Frank, O-R-N as in Nancy, W-A-L-T as in Tom. You can also reach me at Jason Fornwalt, same spelling of the last name, obviously, on Facebook. Guys, thank you so much. It is an honor to have you here every week. Remember the 22. You guys take care.